welcome to I'll Marry You, a podcast with me, Olivia Coleman, full of tips and tricks from the UK wedding scene, interviews with industry experts, and a whole lot of oversharing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. That's not my favourite, actually. Um, I've been watching a lot of Home Alone this week, and my favourite at the moment is... I feel like maybe I sound like a bird mating. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a bird watcher. I don't know how they sound, but I feel like if I was a bird and you were a bird, that is how we would mate. I hope you're all having the most wonderful Christmas time. I tried to explain to my three-year-old that Christmas time and Christmas day are two different things and she doesn't really understand it. She's not very bright, bless her, but she's ever so pretty and that's really what matters in today's world, isn't it? Um, But I hope you're all feeling festive. I hope you're all excited because Christmas day is under a week away. Now, next week, next Tuesday... We're not going to have an episode because it's Boxing Day. And if I'm totally honest, I'll be busy. Slash hungover. Busy and hungover. I'm spending Christmas with my family. And that includes my three-year-old and my four-year-old and seven-year-old nephews. So the volume will be high. The chaos will be extreme. The excitement will be, frankly, almost unbearable. But it will be joyful, I am sure, and I plan on being sort of moderately drunk throughout. I think there's a really good balance, isn't there, especially with day drinking. If you can just get to the point where, yeah, of course, kids, you know, do whatever, because I'm just a little bit buzzed, but also, you know, sensible, which is a balance I find tricky to manage, but one that I have every intention of finding and maintaining throughout this festive period. I could speak about weddings. (laughs) That is what you're here for, isn't it? But alas, I decided I want to do something a little different for this episode, the the week before Christmas. Although I must tell you quickly, I have just attended my last wedding of the year and it was a winter wedding and it was just so glorious. Now, this couple... I love all my couples. I've said that before. I know it's nauseating, isn't it? But I do. I love them all. But there are some that I sort of just click with a little easier than others, I suppose. And there are some that, you know, we've exchanged numbers, we we DM on Instagram, we WhatsApp voice notes, and we just really, really hit it off. And this couple of one of those couples. And we just clicked. The moment we started speaking, we clicked. And they actually booked me quite last minute. And I'll tell you for why, because I might have already told you this. I don't, you know, I again, you know I'm not professional. You know I don't plan these podcasts. So I'll just reiterate. They booked me because they had a registrar booked, but they knew that they wanted the Stormzy song, Blinded by Your Grace, to be played as the bride walked down the aisle. And they had a gospel choir already hired to perform such a tune. But when they put on their form to the registrar that they were going to have this song, the registrar said no, because it's religious, which is absurd. And they did the right thing and they said, well, thank you, but no thank you, Karen, you're out 
now what do we do? So they went to their wedding planner, who is the exceptionally wonderful um, Georgie from Georgina Rose events. You know her. She's basically an influencer at this point. And they said, right, what are we going to do? So she said, you need a celebrant. Not only did she, you need not only any celebrant, you need Olivia Coleman. Of course they do. So they booked me quite recently and I'm so glad they did because it was just the most wonderful wedding. I was so excited about it. I haven't had a wedding in a few weeks. And so I, I really sort of was itching to get back out there. And I love a winter wedding, as you know, and I knew it was going to be glam. It was black tie. It was candles. They had etiquette um, styling Beth from etiquette doing all the styling and all the candles and all the flowers and everything else. And it, I, so I knew it was going to be really beautiful. And it was at Elmore Court in Gloucestershire, which is one of my very favourite venues. I go there a lot. So I was super, super excited. I had already um, planned my outfit, obviously, because I'd asked them what their style was, what the colour scheme was, what the bridesmaids are wearing. The bridesmaids are wearing burgundy velvet dresses. So I, of course adorned my burgundy velvet suit, didn't I? Because I like to look like a cross between an usher and a bridesmaid. It's just my vibe. So I turned up, all decked out to the nines. Everyone was gorgeous. Everyone was seriously glammed up. All the men were in black tie and tuxes and all the women were wearing floor-length gowns and sequins. There were a few that looked like they could have just stepped out of Strictly, if I'm honest. It was just glorious. And I... um sort of got there and milled about and, and mingled and I went to see him and I went to see her and it was just so lovely. And then the gospel choir, they're called gospel, the Gospel Touch and they'd come all the way down from London and when they got there, they did their sound check and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be epic. I bloody love a gospel choir. I would love to be in a gospel choir. So if there are any gospel choirs out there <laughs> that are looking for another member, I am your gal. Um, and then... I don't know what it was, right? And I'm not going to sort of take any significance away from this couple in particular or indeed my other couples. I always get emotional to a certain extent because I'm so invested and I genuinely care about every single one of my couples. But I don't know if it was the, the weather, the theme, the couple, the music, the ambiance. I don't know what it was, but I was so emotional. The choir started singing... Actually, oh my God, no, before that, I must tell you, they didn't have flower girls or page boys. They had flower grannies. Let that just sit with you for a moment. So they had their grannies walk down the aisle, slowly, albeit, with, um, I think it was their brothers, and they had disco ball handbags full of petals and they were throwing the petals from the disco balls onto the aisle. It was absolutely sensational. It just like straight away, no, I've never seen that before. And I've seen over a thousand weddings, like, and everyone was just thought it was brilliant. So straight away, it got people in the mood of like, okay, this is going to be fun. You know, this isn't just going to be your normal wedding ceremony. So that was really brilliant. And then the grannies sat down and the the guests stood and the gospel choir started singing blinded by your grace that was my version that was not my audition for the gospel choir that would be better um but it was just so beautiful and he knew he was looking at me and he knew that he didn't I knew he didn't want to turn around until she was at the end of the aisle and her dress had been like puffed and she was ready to to rock and roll. So he was just staring at me and I find that very intense and sometimes mildly arousing. And he was staring at me and I sort of, I gave him the nod and he turned around and he just 
burst into tears in like a, you know, manly way. And I burst into tears and I had the shakes, like my hands were shaking. It was just the music and they're so lovely and they look so gorgeous and she looked so beautiful and he was so emotional and she was so emotional and it was just, it was absolutely stunning. And then the ceremony went really, really well. They had two readings and they did a signing and the whole thing was just beautiful. It was really funny because halfway through, sometimes it does, I say to my couples who are nervous, like, just treat it like a conversation. You know, it's just us three. We're just having a little chat with just 140 of your closest friends uh, listening and watching us. But I said to them, just pretend like it's just us three having a little chat. So halfway through, we sort of paused and we were doing something. And the bride turned to me and went, this is nice, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, yes, this is, I'm having a lovely time. Obviously, everyone heard and started laughing. But it was, it was just, it was just really lovely. Really, really lovely. And then the ceremony finished, we did the confetti shot. And I had a drink, obviously, you know what I'm like. And um, I said my hellos and my goodbyes, and I, I miss them already. I do, I miss them already. I spent the whole night thinking about them. And then the next day she sent me a message, the bride, because she was a bit pissed, bless her. She said, I've had four tequilas and two espresso martinis, so I have the courage to tell you that I think that what you did was absolute perfection, and I believe you were sent directly from heaven. So I've printed that message out, I've framed it, I've laminated it, I've put it into a card form into my husband's wallet so he really appreciates me a bit more. Do you know what I mean? So that was gorgeous. And that's your wedding chat for today because what I'm going to do is something a little bit different. If you follow my um, business Instagram account at not that Olivia Coleman, then you will know that throughout this month I have been doing an advent calendar. So each day uh, I have released a reel, which uh, is the story of the nativity, as I've cleverly called it, not that nativity. And it, I basically rewrote the nativity, didn't I? Because I think I'm God. And um, But every day we're getting a little bit. And so by this point, you're still not at the end because we're still not quite on Christmas Day yet. But I thought as a little treat, as a little festive treat for you all, and as a little something different for this episode of the podcast... I would regale you with my version of the nativity in full. Enjoy. Our story starts a long, long time ago, roughly 2,000 years, when apple-bottomed jeans and boots with the furs were all the rage. Judea was ruled by King Herod. Herod not Harold. We don't have any of those in the royal family. King Herod may have ruled the city, but it was God whom ruled the world. God and Gary Barlow. One day, God called upon his favourite of angels, Gabriel. Gabriel, said God, my dear boy, I have a job for you. No, <laughs> Not that kind of job, Gabriel. Gabriel, I am tasking you with a mission that takes you down to Earth. To Nazareth, to be exact. I know what you're thinking, Gabriel, but not to fear. If you type in NZOCVD, your satnav will take you straight to the right place. When you arrive, you are to find a woman named Mary 
she is a kind, pure woman who is engaged to be married to a man they call Joseph. Engaged to be married? asked Gabriel. Well, how long have they been together? Have they booked their venue? They're obviously having Olivia Coleman, premier celebrant, marry them, but have they decided on canapes or starters? Rustic barn or chic hotel? Winter or summer? Is Mary more of a co-ward kind of bride? Gabriel, muttered God with a sigh. Of course they have hired Olivia Coleman. Now go, seek this Mary and tell her this, word for word. Some days later, as it was a long journey from heaven to Nazareth and there were various strikes and cancellations, Gabriel landed in the sleepy town and found Mary. She was on Pinterest. Mary, my name is Gabriel and I have been sent to you by God. Oh, thank the Lord. I have been racking my brains as to how to plan this wedding without an aid and here you are. No, Mary. Oh, Mary. No, no, no. I am here to tell you that God is very pleased with you. As a man, he sees you doing all the things a woman should do and without complaint or opinion and would therefore like to reward you for your silent obedience. Mary didn't know what to say, naturally, and so stayed quiet and waited patiently for this strange man to finish what he was saying. Mary, you are going to have a baby. I can't have a baby. I'm not even married yet. Well, these, these lips have not been kissed. These cheeks not yet caressed. My chastity belt is made of iron and my underwear drawer is full of garments handwoven with goat hair. Poor Mary. She was so confused and concerned. She was worried that Joseph might have an unfavorable reaction to her miraculous conception. Gabriel put his hand on her shoulder to reassure her. He promised, this is good news, Mary. You will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to a boy and he will be special the Son of God, and you will name him Jesus. Oh, but I'd always liked the idea of a Roger. Oh, Mary, I don't know if you're talking about your child's name or your wedding night, but regardless, this is your destiny, and you have been chosen by God. Mary was afraid. She was afraid for her future, for what a child may mean. She was afraid to tell her betrothed how would he react to the notion that a strange man appeared and without any form of physical contact told her that she was now pregnant. She was afraid that the dress she had previously pinned to her wedding outfit board would now be totally the wrong style. She was afraid, but she would be brave as this was the will of God. I must leave you now, said Gabriel. I have to stop by the shops on the way back to heaven. God needs milk. What do I do now, Gabriel? asked Mary. You must go and visit your cousin Elizabeth. <laughs>
curveball, but okay. Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah are to have a child too, and that child will pave the way for yours. He will be called John, and he will prepare the people for the arrival of Jesus. Now go, Mary. It's rush hour and you've got a treacherous drive ahead. With that, Gabriel vanished, leaving Mary little choice but to fulfill his wishes and make her way to her cousins. Elizabeth opened the door, visibly with child. Elizabeth, you are pregnant. You too have been visited by the angel Gabriel. Yes, that guy. Saw him a while ago. Strange man. Lanky. Reminded me of a religious Peter Crouch. Come in, Mary. You are to stay with Zachariah and I for a while and we will keep you safe. Three months passed before Mary returned to Nazareth. Joseph did notice her absence after a few days. His robes were left unwashed, the worktops appeared dirty, and he hadn't eaten a home-cooked meal in what seemed like forever. As Mary made her way home, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, you are not to worry that Mary will return expecting. Her child is a gift from God, for she has been chosen. You are to have a son called Jesus, which means saviour, and he is to save the people. You are to marry Mary and do as God wishes. But, Angel, who has no name, how can we get married and fulfil God's wishes in such a short amount of time? Do not fear, Joseph, comforted the angel. The wedding will be small, intimate. It'll be just you two at a registry office. She will wear a, a purple dress and you a pair smart of jeans. As soon as the ink is dry, you will set off to fulfil God's wishes. Joseph woke up and immediately sprung out of bed. The very next morning, as Joseph was eating Cocoa Pops for the 87th meal in a row, Mary returned home. They rode their noble steed all the way to the courthouse and they were married. It was quick and small, as Mary had feared. Olivia Coleman kept her deposit. At this time, the land Mary and Joseph called home was a part of the Roman Empire. The Emperor Augustus wanted to make sure everyone in the land paid their taxes. Those who lived in the villages shared a, a cool 20%, while others forked out over half of their earnings. Augustus ordered everyone to return to their hometown to enter their names in a nationwide register. Joseph's family originated in a town 70 miles from Nazareth called Bethlehem. It was a beautiful town, the charm and architecture of a Cotswold village, but this was 2,000 years ago, so think more sort of heart of the Welsh valleys. People from all over the nation began the arduous task of walking home. Those who were lucky inherited a donkey. Joseph and Mary were blessed with a donkey and a baby. She lay upon the animal as she was heavily pregnant. 
her ankles swollen, her hormones raging and her flatulence at a frankly alarming level while Joseph walked beside her. When they eventually reached Bethlehem, they had such trouble finding somewhere to stay. Joseph had not the foresight to pre-book. So many people had traveled to sign the register that all the inns were full, the hotels taken up and the Airbnbs not yet in existence. The only place they could find to lay their weary heads for the night was a stable, a stable that belonged to a kind, generous countryman. You can sleep in my stable, the thoughtful man offered. I do not have any space in my home as I am sleeping soundly in the only bed, but you, pregnant woman, can sleep outside in the straw with the animals. You are welcome. That night, after a monstrous amount of screaming, tossing and turning, aggressive blasphemy and an unnerving amount of bodily fluids, the Son of Christ was born. Mary wrapped her perfect little baby boy in strips of cloth and lay him in a manger filled with fresh hay. She had left her hospital bag in Nazareth. As the family of three enjoyed this magical moment, the rest of the land lay still. When morning broke, shepherds nearby were looking after their sheep when suddenly an angel appeared before them and around her the shining light, the glory of God. The shepherds, understandably at first, were terrified. What did you put in that curry last night, Steve? One questioned. Do not be afraid, comforted the angel. I bring you good news. Today in Bethlehem, a saviour has been born, a baby boy called Jesus, and you will find him in a manger. He is the child of God, and he has been given to save you all. The shepherds could not believe what they were hearing. Well, thank you, unfamiliar but oddly comforting angel. We shall go and see the Son of God. You are welcome, my friends. Go now. And Steve, that curry was top-notch. The shepherds walked their sheep over the hills and valleys, through the woods and across the waters until they reached the stable where Jesus lay in the manger. Understandably, Mary was a little surprised to see them. She wasn't quite ready for visitors so soon after giving birth. But as Joseph sat down and enjoyed a cup of tea, she hoovered, mopped, plumped and poofed and welcomed the shepherds to meet her son, the Son of God. You are a miracle, they exclaimed. They left the stable in astonishment and continued to tell everyone they met all that they had seen and witnessed. They told the people of Bethlehem that an angel had shown them the way to the Son of God and he was gorgeous. That same night, a brand new star appeared in the sky. Just then, as a group of wise men, otherwise known as women, saw the star alight the evening sky, and they knew instinctively that this meant a great king had been brought into their world. Each wise man 
set off from his far off land to meet the son of Christ and bring him gifts. They followed the star towards the country of Judea. And when they arrived in the capital, Jerusalem, they asked the townspeople, pray, where is this baby, Jesus? The people of Jerusalem had no idea what they were talking about. And quickly the wise men realized they, they must be in the wrong place. For at no point on their travels did they stop and ask for directions. King Herod heard that a new king was in town and he did not like the idea of this competition. He sent for the wise men and ordered that they follow the star in the right direction this time until they found the son of Christ, the new baby king. Herod told them to inform him when they had found the boy as he would like to go and worship him personally. But alas, that was not the case. King Herod had an evil plan. He wanted to kill the new king. His ghastly ambition, unbeknownst to the wise men, set off following the star, which this time led them to Bethlehem. The three wise men, an oddity really, made their way into the stable and bowed down to the son of Christ, the baby boy, as he lay in the manger. They placed down for him their gifts, gold, frankincense, wait, there's myrrh. Together the wise men, Mary and Joseph, prayed for Jesus and his Lord God, giving thanks for this earthly blessing. At one point, the baby started to cry, but Mary was the only one who heard the noise, so it didn't disturb the men. As they knelt, the wise men were warned by God not to return to Jerusalem and to avoid King Herod. And so after a cup of tea and a piece of cake, they began the long journey east. That night, as Mary lay awake feeding the baby and Joseph slept soundly on a pile of hay, an angel appeared in his dream. You again, he said. Joseph, I bring you a grave warning. You must take Mary and Jesus and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is searching for your child and his intentions are not pure. Joseph awoke with a start. While he stirred a little, readjusted, checked his phone, and after which he threw himself out of bed and told Mary that they were to take the sleeping baby and flee to Egypt immediately. And Egypt is where they stayed. Until one night another angel appeared, a different face this time, for the, the turnover of staff was high. You know, the expectations of the job role almost unobtainable. Mary, Joseph, Jesus, you are safe now. You can return to Israel for those who had any ill intent are no more. You know, I just feel like too much has happened there, explained Mary with a furrowed brow. I think maybe we start afresh, you know, move somewhere new. Afraid to argue with his wife, who had been taking on the majority of the childcare duties, household chores and marital obligation, Joseph just nodded silently. 
Before too long, Mary, Joseph and Jesus settled in Galilee. Not much happened after that. Jesus lived a fairly low-key life. But more importantly, Mary and Joseph decided to have the wedding they always wanted. And together they shared the most magical day. A day created by Olivia Coleman Celebrant. It was a day, nay, a life that will never be forgotten. The end. Thank you again so much everyone for getting in touch i just love reading your messages if you don't already follow me on instagram it's at i'll marry you podcast or at not that olivia coleman send me everything i just want to know everything i just want to know everything um and if you've got any questions or you want to tell me anything i like legit want to hear about it so this week i have had a wonderful message from francesca and she writes Dear Olivia, I absolutely love your podcast. It's so funny and entertaining and, as you would say, moderately helpful. Good girl. (laughs) That's all we can hope for. She asks, do you have any recommendations for games or activities to keep our guests entertained during the drinks reception? Keep doing what you do. Love you, Fran. Oh, that's so sweet. So, um... Oh, do you know what? I'm a bit funny about it. I just kind of feel like I'm old school and I kind of feel like they're adults and they're probably drunk. So surely they can just make conversation. Like as a person, I'm quite against forced entertainment, which is ironic given that I'm doing a podcast. But I just think like, don't worry about it too much. However, having said that, There is so much choice out there now. So, so many talented people and so many interesting people doing all different things and offering all different types of creative services at weddings. It's like crazy what you can have. Um, One of my my very favourites, which I suppose kind of works as entertainment and also as a wedding favour, I suppose, is um, my dear, dear industry friend, Aaron, Um, who is an artist and he does live portraits of guests and so it's kind of immersive it's um, entertaining to watch and also be a part of and at the end of it your guests have actually something sort of solid to take away with them that is he's just incredible and we've got an amazing interview with him that a two-parter no less that I recorded uh, a couple of weeks ago that will be out in the new year. I'm really, really excited for you to, to listen to that because he's just brilliant. He's so insightful and wonderful. Um, so something like that, I think, is quite nice to have something like going on in the background. There's magicians. I don't normally love magicians, but actually, if I'm honest, when a magician is good, it's like really good. And also, you know what it's like after a few drinks. Everything's better, isn't it? <laughs> Pure filth. Um... But I, there's so much out there, like I say, but honest to God, I would say at my heart, like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They can entertain themselves, have a good playlist playing in the background or even some live music. Um, Make sure the drinks are flowing, canapes are being delivered around and just 
just let them mingle, let them enjoy themselves. Um, if you've got room in the budget, then there is so much choice. But otherwise, honest to God, do not worry um, because you've got bigger things to worry about. <laughs> or have me as your celebrant and I'll be your entertainment during the drinks reception. I've got all sorts of talents and tricks. Send me another DM, Francesca, and I'll let you in on them. All right, loves. Thank you so much for listening. It really does mean the world. If you find this podcast even remotely helpful or moderately entertaining, share with all your friends and family. You can DM me any questions, queries, if you want to share any stories on the podcast Instagram at I'll Marry You Podcast. Get in touch. I want to hear all your tall tales. See you soon. I'll Marry You is a podcast by Olivia Coleman. The music is Mr. Sunnyface by Wayne Jones and the show is produced and edited by Drew Toynbee.